Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes, minus one, in their 30s, talk about anime. And, well, we don't have anything clever to say about them today. It's Bill! Hi. And my waveform is the same as Bill's. I'm Josh! It's an- don't fire yourself. <laughs> hey! We're, we're missing someone today. Yeah. Yeah. He, he fucked off the Schomburg. Yeah, what's up with that? A, a day, uh, a weekend out to Chicago and didn't warn us? I, I mean, warn me. See, I, I've been here the last three or four weeks. <laughs> hey, now, come on. We had a wedding. We kind of had to get that all taken care of. So, I'm just you know. saying. <laughs> I have sufficient warning. Well, you, it's your house we record out of, so you, you, you should be the one that has the most sufficient warning. But anyway, we're here today to talk about Wolf's Rain. And episode number eight. Number eight. Entitled? Song of Sleep. Oh, that's it. Song of Sleep. Yeah, we'll uh, be getting into that for just a few moments, but really quick, just a little bit of nerd news. Captain Marvel's uh, first trailer hit uh, earlier this week. Bill, what are your thoughts and opinions? And not just yes. If there's more old lady punching, I'm in. <laughs> that was cool. I mean, it's obvious that they're going to have a huge focus on the scrolls. Yeah, I'm one. sure they're going to be the bad guys. Right, right, which makes sense why she was punching an old lady to begin with. Um, Aw, I didn't think of that. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's looking like it's going to be a pretty enjoyable movie. Young Nick Fury with two eyes. I mean, what else What else can we say about it? It at least explains his, the beeper at the end of uh, um, Infinity War. Well, explain it anyway, because we saw the logo right. on it. Yeah, but like... It must be some sort of special beeper that that can only that Carol can only get, but space beeper, space beeper. Um, <laughs> Marvel's de aging technology is really good. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, I'm liking the idea that they're playing up that Carol doesn't know if, if she was human to begin with or if she had been Cree. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're coming into this movie as the bad guys, as the, as the Cree are. Hmm, it's an interesting Carol herself, even Star Force. I don't know. I think we're going to get, obviously, once the movie goes, we're going to probably find out that there was some sort of mind fuckery that the Kree did to her after she got the powers from Marvel, because I can't see them not having at least Marvel giving Carol her powers. Like, like in the Marvel's in the, in the movie, though. Right. So. Now, here's the other thing, though. You see towards the uh, end of the trailer, you see her kind of super powering up and almost looking like she might go binary. Do you think that's something that they might actually do in this movie? This movie, probably not. Probably not. But do you think they might, might hint that she has the binary, her abilities as binary? I mean, binary was an interesting concept, very underutilized uh, until she went into a coma in the comics. But I mean, people know about binary uh, power set, especially the, like the energy absorption. 
You're looking at me like I'm like I'm dumb. Every time I'm no, I'm just trying to get my thoughts. Every time I'm about to say something, then you keep talking. Sorry, sorry. Carol Danvers has a long, strange history, and although they might hint at some of it, they might they're gonna have to save stuff for a sequel. Mm-hmm. For one, beyond that, they're not gonna jump both feet in on the weirdness right out of the gate. Fair enough. You know, she's I'm- not gonna give birth to her boyfriend. <laughs> Or somehow possess Rogue, who hasn't even been introduced in the MCU yet. Right. Yeah, there's there's two. <laughs> there's, there's a lot there. Yes, you're right. All in all, though, with what we've seen so far, how the movie's looking, where it's set, how it's set in like 1997, and everything else, does this intrigue you enough to want to see it, and even even more see it in the theater? Most definitely. Second question: Do you think it'll be on the same level of amazing as Wonder Woman did? Uh, especially for female for a female led superhero movie, that is a complicated question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess is a simple answer. Uh, Wonder Woman had novelty going in because True. they hadn't done a female led superhero film correctly. Mm-hmm. But Marvel has proven they can do their movies better. True, and I think it's very possible that Marvel has learned lessons from Wonder Woman integrated it into their own system Mm -hmm. and they're going to make a better movie, but it doesn't have the weight of like, wow, we actually did something. We did something a revolutionary. Yeah. Cause they've already done something revolutionary with the whole shared universe to begin with. But I think DC stumbled ass backwards into correctly doing something. True. True. I think Marvel's going to capitalize on it. It really is. It really, I can, I could see that happening as well. We'll have to wait just a few more months. It'll be out in March of 2019. I'm sure once that movie gets done, we're going to start leading into Avengers 4. She's going to show up in Avengers 4 and probably then get her ass kicked by Thanos. That's just my prediction. She's not really going to do a whole lot in Avengers 4. Because Avengers 4 is going to be about the Avengers getting back together and, and writing what Thanos did. I don't know. I got nothing to be honest. You know, they're talking time travel, they're talking quantum verse, they're talking her, they're talking... Right. I, I don't know. There's you're just, so you're much just, going around. You're just upset over the idea that they're going to eventually reverse the feel-good movie of 2018. Right, I mean... In your opinion. Yes. <laughs> yeah, talk about characters you shouldn't emulate. Thanos is right up there, and you say that he was right all the time. I mean, he was. I mean, it's something that you argue about when you're blackout drunk. He wasn't 100% right. He could have thought about it a little longer. You see how it should have been. Yeah. You've seen the, the Deadpool one? Yeah. It's a great counter-argument, but so nitpicky. But still, it, it's not a bad counter-argument. They have, like, he had the ability to double the resources of the natural universe. We've argued about that. You did? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't catch that argument, so. Long story short, the problem with doubling resources is that not everybody will get to benefit from those double resources. Mm. You know, if uh, a humanitarian organization drops food and medical supplies in Africa and leaves it, Mm -hmm. there's more food there. Does that mean all the people get the food? Or does that mean some asshole warlord rolls in and takes it? Fair enough. Okay. Okay. So what happens if he doubles the universe's resources? Asshole warlords roll in and take it. Which is why I said he could have, with half an hour of planning, he could have found out a way to improve the universe by killing half of it that was better than random chance. It's true. I mean, you know, you're rolling a, a a 1D million at that point just to see if you'll survive. The the worst possible is genocide. You're different to me in the specific way, so you're a lesser and I will kill you. 
That's obvious. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. nobody's going to argue me that that's the worst way to do it. Obviously. Right. Fair, fair enough. So I get they gave him random chance as a way to do it. That's fair. But that's still a gamble. But he literally has the uh, the power to look in the mind and souls of, of every being You're right. on time and space. He could literally figure out some criteria. He could have you... been on, yeah, he could have done the omnipotent approach and went, oh, okay, so those are the ones, boom. Those are the ones who will make life better or worse for the mm-hmm. universe. So that's where Thanos fucked up. He could have taken half an hour mm-hmm. and kind of thought about it a little bit and then used his limitless power <laughs> to improve the universe instead of a random chance. All he had to do was download the Zola algorithm and he would have figured it all out much better. My thought process was the Inquisitor from Red Dwarf. Ooh. But whereas you're going with outside, I'm actually going in in continuity with, with MCU co- continuity. It was pretty much what you're, what you're uh, displaying was the Zola algorithm in, um, in Winter Soldier. It was designed to weed out the people that were supposed, that would have caused the most uh, harm to Hydra, even on the most basic of level, and wipe them out within minutes. Right. So it's like the inverse of the Zola But he'd have algorithm. to get that thing to work. Right. Instead of most harm to Hydra, it's most harm to the universe. Oh, and, and I'm sorry, with having the all-powerful reality reality doohickey in his hand, you don't think he would have fit, would have been able to have spent five minutes modifying it so that way it would have worked for him? Yeah, no, you're right. That that would have been a way to go. Certainly. Still, and it would have been so within continuity. Still icky about a Nazi computer. Do you think he really cares about Nazi about Nazis? No, but the Nazi cares about being a Nazi. <laughs> and really, Hydra's not even really a hundred percent Nazi. They they were an offshoot of the no, Nazis. No, no, no. That's that's <laughs> fucking aftermarket bullshit to sell Hydra toys, and and shirts and pins and shit. Hydra was Nazi. Then I mean, not be Nazi. Keep they Hydra got... great again. No. In the end, I think it's it's worth seeing, and I can't wait. To check it out, and I think you might be right about Marvel doing it better than than DC. I'm just waiting for them to groan and stumble and just give up. I don't think they're going to do that, and they they have had some success, kind of leaning towards the uh, like a female the female demographic, the young teenage girl uh, demographic, like with their um, the superhero female TV shows that they got on on television right now. Yeah. And Supergirl, I guess, is, is is a big hit. But anything Arrowverse is working. DC is doing some okay stuff on CW and mm-hmm. female led. But Marvel's always been like, "Hold my beer, we're gonna make a movie with a, a tree and a raccoon in it." By the way, hashtag rehire James Gunn. Just throwing that out there. Actually, there's news on that too. Okay. This is gonna be fucked up nerd news, by the way. That's fine. Apparently, Guardians Three has been bumped from the docket. Really? They're just taking it out all together? Well, or moving it down? Nobody's quite sure. It's probably not going to get filmed and released when it's supposed to have been. Okay. It looks like, and again, we don't know much, but it's starting to look like the Doctor Strange 2 is going to be take its spot. Oh, really? Yep. So I don't know if it's getting moved down or if it's getting canceled or what's happening, but yeah, I, but they've I, basically I, taken the filming time and... And given it to and release date and given it to Doctor Strange right. 2. Now, I, I knew that they had delayed production on uh, Guardians uh, 3. I didn't realize that at this point that they have 
decided to move move it from its uh which phase is it was it supposed to be in phase I no, 18 I, I have no idea 72 i have no idea but they they moved it out of the phase that it was supposed to be coming out in and now it's in kind of a limbo yep now has there been any other talk about james gunn at this point or any other has disney now that i've heard you know i mean there's a whole lot that you can unpack about that. And I I really wish we had time to do that, but I'd like to have Andrew here to have that discussion because the whole hashtag re- rehire James Gunn and the whole ramifications of it are freaking intriguing. Long story short, I think it's it's over with. I mean, if he's not hired back now, mm-hmm. he's not going to be. Andrew's going to be so irritated that we talk so long. I think maybe we've... we've uh, Deeper dive than we meant to on Nerd News. So, uh, Bill, get us out of here and let's get let's get into this next episode of Wolf's Rain. We open with an old lady sitting in a chair, singing with her mouth and not moving. Yeah, that was different. Are we sure this isn't Russia? <laughs> I mean, the language that you see in the next episode does kind of make some uh, interesting the noise, points. The, the, the written language. No. Oh. Uh, so we cut to Commander Grumpy Pants, and he's whining about his men getting hurt. <laughs> Dr. Blondie is worried that Cheza is happy. Yeah, her whole thing was pretty much, well, she was smiling with those boys. Yeah. It's like, yeah, girl finally got to meet some guys. I mean, yeah, she's happy. Military guy just wants to complete his mission. Yeah. And that's what military guys do. Right. Dr. Blondie finally gets a clue that Kiba is the White Wolf. Oh, maybe wolves, those boys are wolves. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Basically. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, the wolves dodge a Star Wars drone and talk about Cheza at a rudely co- close distance. Yeah, yeah. when it comes to, to back-talking, you don't, you're not supposed to literally talk with their back turned to you. That's a metaphor, Toboy. Sume wants to just ditch her. Of course. Toboy wants her to stay with him and be a human glade dispenser. Because she smells nice, and I want to keep her around for the lunar flowers. So shut up, Toboway. Kiba and Sume argue about paradise again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> to the point where Sume is like, I am so tired of hearing you say that word. Well, we're tired of hearing you argue about that word. So the same music the creepy old lady was doing starts up again. <laughs> this time I think's coming from Chessa. Yeah, but her lips aren't moving. Either, so it's yeah. confusing. And Toboway passes right the fuck out. To the point where he starts talking in his sleep immediately. It's like an auditory concussion. He just, <laughs> boof. Soon the stronger pack members also pass out in Chessa's lap. Mm-hmm. She, she definitely pulls a jigglypuff on everyone. It's pretty much, y'all are arguing. Shut the fuck up and sleep. And I'm pretty sure Hige's dream is that he's getting laid. Oh, God, yes. Yes, the the, the dream sequences are interesting. You know, obviously Tobaway with Granny. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, Hige. He's, he's got a harem. Yeah, he's got, he's like, come on, come to Big Papa Hige. <laughs> Does that make him the notorious DOG? <laughs> I think, I think that, that, that works, yeah. Um, Plateau, City, Gestapo. I'm confused. Toboe gets freaked out by a cat. Cat don't care. <laughs> yeah, did, did, did Jim Butcher give them uh, notes on how to write a cat? My cat didn't have any matches, so I think it was okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But it is kind of funny that, yeah, you know, of all the other animals that have experienced the wolves thus far, and they've all freaked out, the cat's like, the cat obviously knows he's a wolf, and he's like... <laughs> the birds don't care either. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Toboy isn't sure where they were supposed to hook up. 
Betra's words. Uh, but he brought her a nasty fur coat made out of a bathroom mat. <laughs> or a dead Wookiee. Uh, he just, just brought some bright pink galoshes. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it is funny that they're, that they're both arguing over the facts because Hige is, is like, well, she's not going to get cold. She's a flower, but I got her boots for her delicate feet. And Tomboy's like, she's a flower. How do we not, you know? They're waterproof boots, so you can fill them with pig shit. <laughs> Put her roots in them. Poor. <laughs> that is true. We did establish that her feet were roots. Now, did toothpicks come out? I distinctly yeah. remember a discussion about tooth- <laughs> toothpicks in her know. ankles. I don't know, not yet. Oh shit! She wouldn't run away if they put toothpicks in her ankle. Maybe that's why she almost ran off the cliff. We almost we should have we missed that part too with them running away. Yeah, she was just tottering off the side of the cliff like a doofus. And then she turns ninety degrees and went yep. do 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 I'm running away. Like everyone's looking all serious. We know she already has feather fall on her all the time. So right. What's so, the matter? Yeah, and. <laughs> The funny thing is, you know, everyone's looking all serious and like, oh shit, we're fucked. And she's all like, I'm running away. This is the greatest thing ever. Sume finally wakes up and Chessa informs us that he was running in his sleep, <laughs> which is probably pretty cute. Now, now the way, way to imagine it is, was it the wolf form or him in his human form? It's probably pretty cute either way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't do a Crispin Freeman voice uh, to, to, to save my life, but that, just imagine that with his voice. Kiba lets them know they're trapped on the mountain. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Toboe and Hige are, get freaked out by the old lady. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're walking and the old lady starts following them. Yep. The cats told him there's a ghost in the town. But he's also scared of cats, so whatever. Yeah, that's true. Uh, military stuff, military stuff, whatever. And uh, Dr. Blondie tries to tell the commander the boys are wolves in disguise. And the commander doesn't believe her. <laughs> yeah, he even makes some some comment about how there was a fine line between somebody that's brilliant and somebody that's an idiot or something like that. He's like like a a scientist and a daydreamer. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I didn't think you were one of the latter. The what? pack meets back up, gives Chessa her weird coat that she hates. <laughs> she hates it so she's just all like, <clears throat> and her weird boots that she loves. Oh yeah, total delightful and actually i have to at least pause here because the little scene of her dancing in the boots it's a pretty cute little moment it, it's not a bad moment at all film a fertilizer that makes her happy <laughs> suddenly uh psychic flower freak out when we see sh- <laughs> when she sees the ghost granny ghost granny i like that uh ghost granny reveals her eyes and we know she's actually a flower granny mm-hmm which makes a little bit of sense, because if we want to backtrack really quick to that opening scene with her singing, not singing, the look of her, her skin almost looked modeled like that of like like an old tree, like tree bark. Did you notice, did you, did you pick up on that? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, so um, just kind of a nice little hint at the start of the episode. I also wonder, since Chess is a flower maiden, is she a flower crone? <laughs> oh God, where's the flower mother? Dr. Bondi is getting weird with the faces of death pictures. <laughs> Thank you. I kept looking at it. I'm like, okay, why is she getting off on murder porn at yep, this right? point here? Faces of death. Oh, my God. Well, she doesn't get off because she gets a phone call. Oh, damn. So we find out that Granny is a Hanabito. Yeah, she said something like that. And and I, I'm, I'm wondering. Go ahead. And Cheza is her creation. I'm not sure if. 
that's a translation if there was like an ADR translate error or something like that because that sounds like something that might have been from the Japanese because the way she was saying it in the dub was that she was like her but like a reject or something like that. Yeah, At least she also says getting. something like she's like you're my creation or something. Right. She contradicts herself. I'm confused. I, yeah, same here. Uh, but at least we know what species of flower Cheza is now, a Hanabito. I, I don't know if that's a flower or if that's just uh, the old lady's a name. name or a title or a class. Or, I, I don't know. I'm leaning towards flower title or, you know, the name of the flower species. Well, we can just Google it because we not we can't just sit here and guess. That doesn't do us anybody any good. What, you expect us to do research? Who, who do you think we are, reanimator? I mean, now those guys, they do research. Shout out to Yada. Thanks, buddy. It sure looks like Hanabito just means flower. Hanabito Garden, introduction to the flower fields. Hmm. So maybe there's a disconnect there from, you know, Japanese to, to English. The soldiers show up. Yay. And the wolves with Granny, uh, they run to Winnie the Pooh's house. <laughs> Right, and and we have the slight argument about the animation here. It was a little odd. It wasn't really. It, an, it wasn't really an argument. But we kind of there was kind of an odd technical animation thing. It was like a pseudo poochie moment. Yeah, they, don't, they don't go full poochie. They move, but I think they are skipping some frames. Right. It 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 was kind of jarring. And then the old lady says, "I feel them within my body." Ugh. Oh God. She talks more about the other Hanabito. And doesn't tell us what that is. Yeah, it's very vague what she goes on about. She's just pretty much like, I was created. And she's apparently a proto Cheza. Right. But she is mad at the wolves for some reason. Yeah. And tries to keep Cheza away from them. Yeah. Listen, wolf. Listen, lady. That's our word. We can use that word, not you. Well, we find out she's farting out her last scent and wants Cheza to keep her alive. Okay. Uh, we cut to Dr. Blondie wandering around with a Dragon Ball scanner. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see now the argument about uh, her being Bulma and having a Dragon Radar. That makes complete sense. Well, the wolves superhero in, and Kiba, right. Kiba reveals himself to her to scare her off. Right. And, of course, that's when she goes, oh, he was that white wolf dog thing. Yep. She tries to call for backup on the Dragon Ball scanner. Uh, but the Hanabito has a... Apparently already killed herself? I'm... No. No, I don't think it's that. There's I think, sad music and black liquid rolling out of her arm. Right? I think that might be releasing more uh, the last bit of it to throw off their... Throw off the scent, as it were. Because okay. her radar is going all crazy and pointing to the strongest source being the house. I didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah it makes sense. Uh, Chaza asks a dumb question if she can stay with Kiba. Like, that's not what they were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Toby is weird. He gets fine with it, and Sumei finally agrees. Then Cheza and the boys walk right the fuck past Doctor Blondie, <laughs> right. and, Chez- and Cheza is wearing a magenta fucking cloak. Right, and she still doesn't see them until the last second, and then they're gone. I think she's playing Pokemon Go on the Ch- Dragon Ball thing. That's why she missed them. <laughs> makes sense. That makes sense. We got back to Cheza with old lady. Telling her that she's going. Okay. Flowers always singing. Dramatic piano. Right. And she hears voices. In her head. Right. And they counsel her. Right. And also that's where she saw the leprechaun that told her to burn things. 
Sume realizes that no one told Chessa about Paradise. Bum, bum, bum. And then we cut to Quentin Bluth showing up where the the noble plane thing crashed. Right, they're 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 in town. In the episode. Well, that was something. Bill, your your thoughts? I don't have a lot. I'm very confused. This is probably the worst one yet for confusion. I watched this episode I think a grand total of four or five times. And I'm still lost on a lot of plot points. There's just a lot of stuff thrown at you and it doesn't make any sense and it's not explained. I agree. We just watched this episode about 35 minutes ago. And I still don't remember half of it. It's forgettable. I mean, it's not terrible. It's just... No, I wasn't like mad watching it. It's just... You just don't know what's happening. Exactly. We have this this old woman who speaks in, in vague references, but never clarifies anything. She's pissed off with the wolves for reasons. Tries to convince Cheza to not look for paradise. It's just like... And all the while, we have Cher running around and things. And, right. and oh, look, Cheza got... Cute little pink boots. Which is the highlight of the episode. Exactly. But I don't even understand what the point was that, like, Hige gave her a present she likes and Toboy gave her a present she hates. Well, we know the Andy response to to that because Toboy sucks. Well, okay, but. But. But how did Toboy wind up being Kane to Hige's Abel? It's really hard to say. Maybe it's just, once again, an instance where. Toboy's less than insightful nature. God hates salad. Cheza hates coats. I don't understand. <laughs> right. No, I get it. I get you. It's at the end of the day, trying to be objective about it, about this episode, there isn't anything to say, to grasp, grasp on, on the objective level. I'm completely subjective and going, what? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, it's just, God hates salads, probably a title. <laughs> I love that so far. God hates title. God, God hates titles. God hates salad. Yes. Well, I don't think there's much more that we can say about this episode. You don't worship God with salad. You don't worship God with salad. <laughs> I don't think it's even blasphemous because it's not wrong. <laughs> no. Not at all, dude. Not at all. But I think maybe just out of the two of us, I think we're good here. I really don't think Andy would have much much else to say. I mean, I don't think he would try to make as much of an effort if this was a bet, an effort to try to win us over on this episode, like he said on some of the other ones. Yeah, no, I, I, I just got that feeling. We'll have to see what he has to say. I, I suppose. Okay, Josh, I've had enough of you. Um, into the break card. In, into the break card. I mean, what? Now a magic trick. It. I'm going to turn you into somebody cooler. Abraka, fuck you. Welcome to The Break Card. My name is Andy, and you are listening to yet again another episode of Tuning Japanese. A double dose of Tuning Japanese as we are reviewing episode 8 and episode 9 of Wolf's Reign. Marching along throughout season 4. I want to apologize for this week's late episode... 
This week has been unbelievably busy for me, and I had a lot of obligations, unfortunately, to take care of. So you're still getting this week's episode this week, and I apologize. We'll make sure that the next one gets out on time. Speaking of the next episode that is already recorded, it will be released on Thursday the 11th and will be a review of Wolf's Reign episode 10. And we have a special guest that week, and that is Thurk. You might remember Thurk from back in season two, joining us several different times and working on some of the audio editing for our program. He joined us. I bribed him with tacos. It was a good fun time. Remember, we are without Josh, and we are working on a movie review for the spoopy season for Halloween that will be pretty darn cool. We're also going to be reviewing, once again this year, Helsing Ultimate Abridged by Team Four Star, so you have that to look forward to as well. Head over to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content, including more than two dozen bonus episodes, previews, and early audio at times for certain recordings, show notes, and if you donate more money than a single dollar, all kinds of extra bonus stuff as well. If you can't support us monetarily, just feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is that you listen to this program. If you want up-to-date news on Tuning Japanese, head over to our Facebook or our Twitter, facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, or at tuningjapanese on Twitter, to get all kinds of updates about when episodes are dropping, as well as just funny pictures and other such things. Speaking of other such things, head over to the Questionable Endeavor Network at questendnetwork.com where you can get other podcasts and articles and a Discord and all kinds of other great content. Since I'm a busy man and I have something to go to in just a couple of hours, I'm going to stop rambling and get you back to our review of Wolf's Reign. Hey guys, William Rinkin here from the New Blood Rising podcast. Just wanted to uh, give a little bit more background about our show here on the Questionable Endeavor Network. We are a timeline-based pro wrestling podcast, a nostalgia podcast in a lot of ways because we look at past eras of professional wrestling and try to find either either missing nuggets that we never saw before or maybe we re-examine things that we thought were once excellent that maybe aren't so much anymore and vice versa. We go through a variety of different seasons. We've gone through uh, Vince Russo era WCW. We've gone through the Invasion era of WWF. We've watched every single ECW pay-per-view and talked about them. We've even gone through The Undertaker's streak, his streak at WrestleMania and basically all his WrestleMania matches even beyond the streak. Spoiler alert, he lost at some point. And we talk about it. So that's who we are. We're the New Blood Rising Podcast. We're on Twitter at New Blood Pod. We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. Please drop us a rating and review on iTunes. And please continue to subscribe to this on the Questionable Endeavor Network, as well as many of the other fine podcasts here. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Don't leave me alone with Josh. I was... He doesn't know how to make the audio levels work. I... It took two minutes of arguing with him. Was in Schaumburg, Illinois. What were you doing? Um, I swear the only reason why I'm not wearing pants is because I was getting changed. Uh, what? How did I get here? Ray is going to be very startled. Uh, <laughs> I'd say more than startled. Um, I'm in your basement. Uh, hi, guy. Hi. Oh, the microphone's out. Are we doing this? 
We are. Okay. Um, whoo, uh, so what are, what are we doing? We're going to review Wolves Rain episode nine. Isn't that Josh's episode? Fuck Josh. Okay. Um, hey, I didn't need to do nerd news. Um, can we just talk super quick about, um, inappropriately donned, um, cartoon characters? This is going to be Bowsette. No, but we can talk about her too. I was going to talk about, I don't um, understand. I was going to talk <laughs> I mean, we can start there if you want. No. I'm I mean, so I can explain Bowsette to you. Horny teenager just wanted to make sexy Bowser. I mean, that's pretty much it. We're not that much older than millennials. Why do I not understand them? It's okay. Um, Is it no, me? No, I mean, it's not just you. I think there's a, there's a there's a pretty clear line drawn in the sand of people. You either love Bowsette and you want to wank to it, or like you don't understand why it exists. What does it have to do with moth memes? Um, that's a different story. Um, I, I'm not really sure how to connect the two. Um, I just want to talk about Batman's Wang. Did you see Batman's Wang? I didn't, but I heard about it. Yes, I made sure to Google it immediately. Much like Daredevil. Yes, much like much like Daredevil. <laughs> so if you're not if you're not familiar with the hell, what the hell we're talking about, uh, there was a bit of uproar because. In one of the recent comics, I don't know exactly which comic it was out it was, of. It was uh, Batman Damnation. Okay. It was not a comic. It's their imprint that like intentionally makes graphic novels, apparently. Oh, okay. Like, here's a story, we're going to write it, we're going to illustrate it, and then we're just going to release it. Got it. Well, there was a scene where he was getting out of the Batmobile, and he was stripping down out of all of his clothing, and you could see his donger uh, kind of shadowed as he's walking toward yeah. the panel. I think it was just kind of like a suggestively shaped line of purple it's, on, a, on a black silhouette. Yeah, I mean, it's it. You could you could see the outline of it. Like it's, I mean, it's from what I read. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't no, actually I, go look no, at I, it, I, but... I see the picture. It's it's fairly. I mean, it's. People are upset that it's there. Some people are upset because it's not big enough. Like I, I, I was, wow. yeah, no, I, I went through the whole gamut of like trying to figure out like why people were angry about this, and I read this really good article that was like going through like all these different like Twitter responses and stuff, and there were some people legit angry that he was not big enough. Huh? Yeah, that's a thing. Um, I just wanted to mention that. Um, I guess we're gonna talk about Wolf's Rain now. <laughs> Please. Okay. Well, there's some notes here that I'm just going to pick up. Uh, and, God, these are terrible. Like, have you ever read Josh's notes? No, but I prepared for this contingency of not being able to take Josh anymore. Uh-huh. Here. Oh. Oh, uh, oh these are better. Yes. Thanks. I didn't write a bunch of crazy shit in there. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, Josh is, like, he goes on this whole, like, monologue about about Tobaway and about apparently like plants in the sun. I don't, there are screen directions to talk like Josh and be dramatic. I'll try not to please don't. Well, that's why I gave you my notes. Oh yeah. These are much better. Uh, I guess we open episode nine of Wolf's Rain misgivings. That's a, I'm getting texts from Ray. Um, don't worry. I'll, I guess I'll text him back after I'm done and hopefully I can, can you get me back to where did you bring, how did I get And I'm not going to ask. We open with a panning <laughs> That scares me. With a panning shot of a city and a weird wailing music in the background. We're whalers on the moon. That's... <laughs> I don't know if that's what's going on. I... Huh. And then we get a snake in a cage, and that tells me we must be in a, a noble sex house, right? Better than a snake in a can. It's... <laughs> oh, God. That would frighten the hell out of me. Although there is a moment in this episode where Toboe jumps out at Kiba... 
And he goes, ah! And Kiba no-sells it. It's so great. No, but there's a snake in a cage. And inside, not the cage, but inside this den, this den of sin. A, a cage is a bad way to keep a snake. It is a terrible way to keep a snake. There are have, bars. They don't have shoulders. No. Which is <laughs> the one thing that keeps you from getting out of the cage, obviously. Well... Kind of. No, you're kind of right. I, mm-hmm. You're kind of right. Lebowski's in this this den of sin, and he's covering his mouth with a cloth, and he's talking to some... <laughs> he's, what? What's so funny? The snake must stink. No, he actually says something later. I thought it was the, the cigarette smoke from the from the whore across from him. Uh, sorry. Sorry. From wow. the, <laughs> I shouldn't say it that way. Well, I mean, she's... Obviously a sex worker, the way she's talking to him. You gotta be mean to sex workers? I, that's true, I shouldn't. That's, 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 I should, I'm sorry to that's, all the sex workers out there. That's not woke. I'm sorry. No. The, he's talking about some sort of theft, and he's talking to Sharon Stone, I guess, because she does that whole, like, leg thing from uh, Basic Instinct. Like, yeah. she uncrosses her legs, doesn't worry about what he sees, and then recrosses her legs. Because she's got a snake down there. Yeah, it's, oh, God, that's, <laughs> I bet that's why the snake's there! She does a disappearing act. Anyway, I thought the woman scared him. That's why he's, like, covering his mouth. That's what I thought initially. It's just, like, he's afraid of... What would frighten you worse than just a, <laughs> oh, no. a snake coming out of a vagina? <laughs> I can't think of much else. Like, like you're in the audience and just boop right over your head. I can't. Just... <laughs> I can't imagine anything else that is much more like hell to me. Like that. That sounds like hell. That sounds like the worst experience of my life. Just fires it right over the top of the audience. No, that's, that I. I would die. I would just literally fall over and de- pass out and die. That would be the end of me. You need some of that Gallagher plastic. Oh God, oh, that's that's frightening. Ah, oh, so terrible. She gets all up close and personal, but he's not there for pleasure. He's there for business. It's true. That's true. Yeah. She asks if uh, he's looking. Yes. She's she asks if he's looking for a lover. He says, "Actually, it's my ex-wife." Twist. She gets really mad. Yeah. She gets like super pissed off. Is she mad because she assumed she was the lover he was looking for? Maybe. Like it was like you're here looking for a lover. He's like, no, I'm looking for my ex-wife. <laughs> And she's like, oh, not me. Is that what she... Because she gets mad about it. She gets really mad. And he hands over an envelope. And she talks about this lord of a manor wanting to catch the thieves. Is this a reference back to Dar... 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 Darcia? I don't know, man. I, I... I'm so lost. Yeah, this part I was lost too. And again, as, as you and I talked about when we were rewatching this episode today, I love... This is like one of my favorite animes. But I just don't remember any of this shit. Like at all. And I'm not throwing shade, but I still don't get it. It's okay. Like, last episode was, they met an old woman, and yeah. then she died. So... Like, that was the whole episode. Yeah, you know, thinking back to episode eight, I mean, that's... You're about right. You're about right. That's about all that happened. We go back to Cher. This episode jumps around a lot. We go to Cher. This anime jumps around a lot. We it's say true. that a lot. Yeah, it's true. She's drinking, and she's surrounded by cheering drunks, so when she finishes a drink, they all cheer, which, which is, is pretty great. Yeah. I love that. Quint shows up. And they both start drinking simultaneously. I mean... It's kind of a fun scene. Yeah. Like, they're both just slamming drinks. They both, at the same time, I believe, reorder another drink. Yeah, another one. Do they know each other? I don't know if they've really ever been acquainted with each other. I know Lebowski you know, and Quint know each other, but I don't think she ever, and, and Quint were ever close. I don't think so. I conflate Quint 
and the military commander guy a lot. I can see that. They're all, both old gruff guys in brown coats. Yeah. Like, I, no, that, that, that makes perfect sense. So, yeah, I don't think they've actually met. I think all the times I'm thinking of has been the commander. Yeah. Speaking of the commander and the men, Quint notices all the soldiers in the bar. He's like, what's up with that? And Cher says, there's no getting to the old ruined castle because there are wolves up there. And that, of course, gets Quint's attention. There's wolves in Dimdar Hills. There's, there's wolves in Dimdar Hills. Ha! Shot outside of Blue, who senses the wolf pack approaching with Cheza. Uh, of course, Cheza. Yeah. And he is like, oh, look, a friend. Look, puppy. <laughs> like an undisciplined four-year-old. I'm going to run up and screaming and try to pet it. And Kiba, rightfully, is like, y- you shouldn't touch that, that dog. That dog is mean. We've had a run-in with that dog once or twice. Yeah. That dog will bite your hand off. Uh, but she, but it doesn't. Uh, Blue is totally fine. And Cheza states that Blue is one of them. That Blue doesn't know that there's wolf inside of her. Does she ever specifically say wolf? She does. She, she says, say you don't know what you are. You've yeah, always been alone. But I, I believe she says there's a bit of wolf inside of you. Like she actually uses the term wolf. Now, does she mean that Blue is a hybrid? Possibly. Or does she mean that dogs are evolved from wolves so she's still got a maybe that could be she's still got a, a wild core i think that could be it in all honesty like there there is that sort of also that reading in that analog of uh of blue being you know maybe nothing more than a dog but yeah i, I thought it was a really cool and interesting scene and i literally like how cheza just, like, is so... Like, there's no inhibition there. Like, she's just like, I'm just gonna go up and be innocent to everything. It's like, we. I think we compared her once to Nia. From, yeah, no, I've compared her a lot to Nia. They're, they're very similar in that in that way, except I don't believe Nia ever floated like a dandelion seed. Can you remember a scene? I don't think she did, ever did. Not top of my head, I don't remember yeah. it. Not, nothing that I remember there. It wouldn't shock me. Right. Well, Kiba hears Cher and the other men coming out, so they decide to get foe. And Blue tries to follow, but of course she's tied up and can't go. But she wants to. She wants to go with them. Yep. Which is kind of cool. Uh, Cher's men say that they found their target's location, talking to the soldier guy, the the, the, the general or captain or whoever it is yeah. that she's been like running around Commander, with. Commander, I think they call him. Did we ever get his name? I think we did, but then I forgot it again. Like, yeah. It's, it's I don't very remember it. un... It's not as important, apparently. Uh-huh. I guess he's not as significant of a character, even though he does seem like he should be a specific named individual in this anime. They say they find the location of the wolves, and the he orders them to block all the exits and ignore the woman, which I'm going to assume is Cher. Well, he's either talking about Cher or Chessa. Right. And, I mean, Chessa's kind of the point. Right. Because she, he calls her useless, and I imagine then that's got to be Cher. I, I think I mean, so. Cher's just sitting there getting drunk. She's not really doing anything. She wandered off with her Dragon Ball, like, scanner right. a couple different times and really is not doing anything important. So we go to outside of some ruined vehicles, and this is where there's, like, a really jarring change in the animation. I don't know if you noticed it, but, like, the drawings of, like, these vehicles, it's they're kind of, like, fuzzy, grainy a little bit. Like, they're almost like a completely different art style. Like, this weird panning still a shot of them. And yeah, I don't... I, it's weird to me. I think maybe this was a cost-saving time. You know, that stuff was all just drawn and panned over instead of being... Mm-hmm. You know, individually sold out. Yeah, that's possible. Absolutely, it's a weird the background instead of a foreground is what it amounts to. I think. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. 
We do get a shot of Hige poking his head out of one of the windows of one of those vehicles. Apparently this is a temporary hiding spot for them while they figure out what the hell is going on. Kiba decides to leave Chezua Tobue. That's a recipe for disaster. Right. Thankfully nothing does come of that, but that would not be my first choice. Hey you, Tobue, stay here with the most important person that is yeah. potentially going to be, they're going to come look for I love the, in the scene after they leave when Tobue and her are by themselves. Tobue is all talking nonsense and she just ignores him too. That's so great. <laughs> like she's just soaking up sunlight and doesn't even pay attention to anything that he says. So good. Like, so this good. is nice. You suck. Yep. Pretty much. We get a group of ruffians with stolen food rushed by the car and there are more soldiers and men shouting and chasing after them. We cut then to the soldiers in town and one is going crazy. Like, like one had been attacked, I guess, by I the wolves. I think he was the one that got savaged by the wolves. Yeah. And he's all like, those ordinary kids, like, they're not ordinary. There's more to it. They weren't even carrying weapons, but I got cut up. Right. And the other guy's like, chill out, dude. Like, calm your shit down. And I think he even mentioned something about wolves at one point. He's like, that woman mentioned wolves. Uh, the freaked out guy thinks, obviously, they can't be humans. They have to be wild animals. And we cut then to Blue and Quint. Quint is looking at an old photo and comments about how big Blue has grown up over the years. That happens with puppies. That's true. And in the picture, I assume it's his wife and kid. Yeah. He's not, I mean, he is kind of clear now that I think about the dialogue. He talks about how his son... Found her and brought her home. Yeah, and how... Begged him to keep her. Yeah, and he says that's where, you know, he must have got my stubbornness. Yeah. Because, you know, he stood there until I said yes. Makes you kind of wonder a little bit about what happened, although I, we get a flashback a little bit later on that I think kind of gives us some inf- some information. Yeah. It's not 100% clear what's going on. See, to me, I think I think it's a play on that old story of, like, the knight leaves his trusted hunting dog to you know, guard his family, and when he comes back, he finds his wife ki- killed, and mm-hmm. his, his kid killed, and the dog's mouth is covered in blood, so he kills the dog, and then he finds yeah. out... The dog had killed a wolf that was... Yeah. It's because you do see an image of Blue in that flashback, which we're jumping ahead, but that's okay. Like, he's, or she, rather, is away from the house that's burning, but there's a wolf of some sort on the burning yeah, wreckage, too. Yeah, there's a wolf still in there. Yeah. But I wonder if that wolf was trying to save the people in the fire instead of... Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a really good question. So Quint would be that, that night. Yep. Quint ends up just kind of falling asleep, leaning against the building. Pass out drunk. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And in doing so, he drops Blue's leash. Right around the same time, happenstance being what it is, Blue hears the men uh, attack the kid. So essentially, those soldiers from earlier caught one of the kids that was stealing food. Right. And she runs off to rescue them. We get gunfire that awakens Quint, and then Blue scares off the cowardly soldier. And then... This part was confusing to me, uh, but we just talked about it, so I guess it makes sense now. Quint then goes over and uh, sees Blue licking the boy. We get the flashback of the flames, and then he starts shooting at Blue. Again, the same thing. I think that's why they're junctioning those scenes together, because Mm -hmm. it's the same situation. Yeah. He thinks the wolf has hurt somebody when it really hasn't. It's trying to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have that clear juxtaposition between the two. So we go to Cher again. Cher is... Trying to buy shit, apparently. he's She's looking at some shop owner's wares. And this is my new favorite character of the anime. <laughs> Good old Spittin' Sam. 
Saliva Sanchez. I don't know what his name is, but all... <laughs> I, I think of Saliva Sanchez. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't finish that sentence. Oh, dear God. Okay. Oh, no, it's uh, apparently like the I'll show person... you a picture. Oh, my God. Why did you... Why'd you have that queued up on your phone? Don't answer that. I know things. Don't answer that. So, this guy is great. I want to take a second to talk about him. This guy is awesome. And let me tell you why this guy is awesome. For you, the old wolf... No, for Josh, I think the old wolf was his favorite character. Yeah. That popped out of the ground. He's like, hello, I'm digging my own grave. Mm -hmm. This guy's the greatest. Because he's just like, you're going to buy anything? (laughs) I'm not sure the old wolf wasn't your favorite character. I did like the old wolf. I did enjoy him. But he's been taken over by spitting Steve over here. Like, he's, like, Hawkaloogie Harry is amazing. He's essentially, his entire character trait is he spits into a spittoon. A, somebody obviously rolled that on a trait table for for NBC. Hey, this is not Record of Lotus War. We don't compare this anime to a role-playing game. But carry on. B, clearly his name is Hawkaloogie. <gasps> Hawkaloo is totally going to be the title of this episode. That's amazing. <laughs> That's what I'm here for is generating titles. That's why we keep you around. <sighs> so while she's trying to look through all of his wares, she starts pressuring him for information on Darsha and Darsha's family. And the old man talks about how the family fell into ruin and which caused the city that was near that castle to also die off, essentially. Well, I mean, if you have a big spender, rich people living nearby. Yeah. And then they're not there anymore, and their yeah. rich friends don't come over anymore. And <laughs> I can see where that would kill the economy. To- totally makes sense. She asks Saliva Sam about lunar flowers, and he mentions the graveyard and something called... Oh, dear God. Does this say what I think it says? Uh-huh. Is this going to be a repeat of Lotus War over again? Uh-huh. <sighs> a place called... The Forest of Death. The Forest of Death. A place where the magnetic pull goes crazy and makes humans lose their way to get lost forever. Yep. And never return. Yep. Kind of like a forest. Yep. Of no return. Yep. Jesus fucking Christ. What is it with anime in this trope lately? The Forest of Assuredly Living. (laughs) And then, and then, Bill. And then? Cher suddenly sees a portrait of Elrond from Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me that's not, like, some fan painting of Elrond. Hugo Weaving would play Lord Darshan. Yes. I'm all, can we get this made? I'm all for this. Um, No, apparently it's, like you said, it's a portrait of Darsha. Quint, back to Quint. Quint takes care of the kid. And we find out that his parents are dead or run away or something something and the soldier i think the mom the mom is dead for sure yes and the the dad the kid was just like nature makes a good mother talk about your father dude <laughs> don't really know what that means i think but he's like later on he talks about it i think it means the the dad ran off i think so yeah those same two chuckle fuck soldiers jesus run into blue once again and the crazy one threatens to kill her the other one's like come on let's just go and the crazy dude starts bashing her in the head multiple times with the butt of his gun, which causes Blue to break off of her leash. And we cut back to Quint lecturing the kid about, you know, being on his own, being cynical. 
I was so worried about Blue the first time I watched this episode. Yeah, this is a uh, Blue Spotlight episode for sure. Yeah, this is the episode where I decided Blue was my favorite character. I could see that. But I spent the whole time like, don't hurt her. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do this. Don't kill her. Uh, Quint then leaves and finds a mangled body and a broken collar. Well, you know. Which is kind of a cool image, the broken collar. It's a nice metaphor. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Back uh, speaking of speaking <laughs> you did it. Speaking of broken things, we go back to Josh? the broken. Oh, that's sad. Speak, where is where did Josh go? You guys are recording. You tell me where Josh went. I, oh, did you? Uh oh. <laughs> that's probably why I'm getting so many texts. Um, we, we got to finish this. I got to do this for the fans. So. Tobaway is on the bus, and as soon as Kiba comes back, he like jumps out and is like, "Ah!" <laughs> Kiba's like, "It's like, nope, nope, you're a fucking idiot, fucking Tobaway, you're the fucking worst." Kiba also just like drops, name drops the forest of death, <laughs> the forest of death, and Tobaway says the first smart thing I think in a while, where he's like, "That doesn't sound good." Yeah. That sounds like a problem. Maybe we shouldn't go there. And everyone else is like, whatever, we got good noses. We can go through there. Yeah, so People it's, can't make it through there. So it's like when Parn in Record of Lotus War is all like, I'm going to go in there anyway. And everyone's like, no, you idiot. It's called the Forest of No Fucking Return. So what would you do in a and d game if I just like had you guys walk up to roll up to somewhere? It was a sign. <laughs> the Forest of Assured Return. Uh, I would not go anywhere near <laughs> And you, you would be the asshole It's like, it's just literally a path through woods. Hey, which is what do you think is worse? Going through the Force of Death or the Force of No Return? Well, we found out the Force of No Return is a lie. That's true. So we're going to go with Death for now. Okay, Death for now. All right. Tune in next week, or whenever we record the next one. Tune into our next review of Wolfstrand. You, you could decide for yourself which is worse. Tiny spoiler, I think they spend more time in the Forest of Death. I think they do. Yes. I, that might be forever. Maybe. Find out. Tune in to find out. The, but, re- the rest of the series is them wandering through this forest. But I'm pretty sure they spend more time in the forest of death. Right. The wolves plan to leave tonight. We cut back to Cher. She's walking by some really fucked up, like, mace-looking statue. It's like this statue with just a shit ton of spiky balls on it that look kind of like a, the, the head of a mace. It's fucking <laughs> weird. It's really fucking weird. And she mutters about the forest of death and Darsha. And then she sees Darsha standing with flowers. Then he massages his eye void. Made of black velvet. Black velvet eye voids on my face. (laughs) (laughs) I touch it while I look at Cher. Got flowers for this grave over here. Too many musical references at once. Especially because I was say if he flips over the if he flips over the black velvet eye patch, there's an Elvis painting on it. Oh my god! Yes, that's so good. So uh, we cut again. That was the scene, by the way. Yeah. That was it. He's just like, "Hey, baby, I got you these flowers." Yeah. Uh, Squish. <laughs> <laughs> That's what his eye sounds like. Yep. So gross. He just sticks his finger in it. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh. It just sounds like it's full of mayonnaise. Oh. oh, back outside the broken down cars. 
Stop it! Stop it! There are soldiers and the general, and they're ready to storm in, and they light up the inside of that vehicle. But there's nothing inside. Yeah, they shot up a blanket for some reason. I... Okay, on one hand, I guess it was smart. Mm-hmm. Because nobody in any show ever actually shoots a pile of blankets. Mm-hmm. And the first time somebody tries, there's nothing in it. That's fair. Yeah. But any other anime, they'd not shoot up the pile of blankets, and then Vash would, like, stick his head out. Right. No, absolutely. Hige and Sume distract them. They go back to the base camp. Essentially, it was a setup, right? They mm-hmm. knew that they were going to eventually just storm in there, keep some of the soldiers away. They lure them away, so that way Cheza and the other two wolves can sneak out. But... Quint is, happens just to be walking by and notices Toboy. He's like, it's that fucking boy when I was drunk that I almost killed. <laughs> and, Good thing I was slightly less drunk. Yeah, thank, thank God, I haven't been drinking yet. So Quint goes off and runs after him. But Blue bites onto his jacket, whining for him not to leave. Because I think at this point, they fight... This is when he finds Blue. No. It's, yeah, because this is when he, fi- he finds yeah. Blue. Because Blue is all beaten up. Yeah. From... Uh, from or getting all shot up from the from the dude, yeah, the crazy the guy. Yeah, it's kind of a sad moment because he's just like the, the dog's just kind of like, don't leave me, please, mm-hmm. like like please. And uh, Quint leaves her anyway, claiming to he wants to put an end to everything. So Quint makes the decision. Yep. What's more important, his mission, his pride, his revenge, his revenge, or his dog? The you know, only the only thing he has left. The only thing that loves him in this entire fucking world. Yep. Absolutely. So we go to Operation Successful, or maybe not, uh, which is what I do believe they the wolves say as they realize that they have gotten out safely. The Operation is Successful, until Quint shows up, starts shooting them. Cheza falls. They're shooting at them. Shooting at them, right. Uh, Cheza, of course, falls. Dramatically. Trips. Like she does. You know, like in a horror movie or something like that. Yep. And Kiba takes a bullet to the shoulder, steps in the way for uh, in front of her. Quint realizes that he's out of ammo at the wrong time, and by the time he reloads, all the wolves have disappeared mm-hmm. into the forest of death. He starts rage-firing into the forest of death, by the way. <laughs> just firing off shots. That's why it's the forest of death. That's true. Just never know when some maniac's going to <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Death by gunshots is the only way you die in there. Uh, Quint mean, goes back. That's a pretty effective way. Yes. When Quint goes back, all dejected, he just seems casually to forget about Blue until he sees a splattering of blood on the ground and no dog. Yep. He hears a wolf howling. We get a shot of the moon. And that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Episode 9. Misgivings. Whew! Um, I guess you want to talk about your thoughts on this episode? I it mean, was, I, I It can, was better and meatier than the first one, certainly. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Again, I'm I'm kind of drawing a blank a little bit about what happened overall in the last episode, but no, I'm I'm not joking. They met an old lady and then she died. Okay, that's I fair. mean, it seems that, to happen Ch- a lot. Chessa got like a coat and some boots. Okay, well, that's fair. I mean, nothing happened. Yeah, I guess we get a we get an interesting spotlight here with Blue. It's it's not a character that you would think going into this anime. We get really get a spotlight for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting. I think the scene that it, that really defines this episode is when Chesa goes up to Blue, and it's like, oh, it's a friend, right? Like, and just kind of drops really some interesting hints here. I don't know if it's the only thing that finds her. I think the last scene too of her being hurt, and yes, wanting, oh, wanting her master yes. to stay with her. Yeah, I think I think that too, absolutely. And it's kind of heartbreaking. Oh, it's, it is. It's sad. It's 
it's a really those I like the focus on blue in this episode. This is where I decided blue is my favorite character so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like her. I don't blame you. And I haven't connected with anybody else so far. Yeah. Maybe it's simply that I'm kind of bored and this was a complete story. Mm-hmm. You know, we had an arc for a character. Right. Uh, maybe it's because she's a large female dog that, you know, I'm kind of connecting with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally possible. Oh, definitely. Maybe it's just the fact I like dogs in general. Mm-hmm. And the closest thing to the dogs in the show are wolves who are all obnoxious millennial kids. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that this is my favorite episode so far. Absolutely. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, I can see why you like this episode so much. I think it's it's interesting. I my only critique is that it just feels like another episode where they're just trying to escape the humans. And we've had a lot of that so far. No the 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 wolf side of it, yeah, it was kind of boring. Yeah. But I think the focus on, and maybe that was the point. They didn't want to draw too much focus away from the main story, which is looking at the backstory of Quint and Blue, and even a little bit more with, you know, kind of building Cher, and there's like some tension there with the other soldiers. So I think that would be my one critique, although it doesn't really detract too much since that wasn't the focus. No. And like I said, most most episodes, that's the focus. Yeah. So at least this one, there's a layer of something interesting going on yes. in front of it. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. And uh, that does it for episode nine, Misgivings. Next time, episode ten is entitled Moon's Doom. And it's, from what I remember, kind of an interesting one. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see how this forest of death stacks up against a force of no return. We'll have a, a, uh, a forest off. Forests. So many forests, so many trees. Uh, but until then, I guess it's time to get out of here. And I, I, I guess uh, this has been Tuning Japanese, a, a podcast where it has two dudes. Mm-hmm. Technically, kind of three. No, nope, just nope, two. Just two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about anime, and uh, I'm allergic to snakes. That checks out. Okay, I'm Andy. And don't you think I've had enough? Um, only if you promise to send me home, or at least back to Schaumburg, when we're done with this. I'm Bill. Uh, we will see you next time. Cast on the truth. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, check out other great shows like the Shadow Vane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Slasher Sanitarium, Raw Attitude Podcast, New Blood Rising, the Reanimator Podcast, Fairless Pretenders, and our newest show, and sometimes their Scotch.
Cheza? We have a friend, even here. It is all right. You do not know what you are. You never did. Is that not right? There is some wolf inside of you, too. You were alone your whole life, were you not? 